Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of the 4th and Inches show with Jana and the Sherpa. I'm Jana and unfortunately the Sherpa could not be with us tonight, uh, but he is still here in spirit and we do have some of his picks to go through as uh, we go through the show tonight. Uh, we are on an hour later than usual, that's just sometimes life gets in the way, but we'll be back next week at our normal time at 9.30pm Eastern Time. In the meantime, we will be here, I say we, but I'll be here with you for the next hour until 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time tonight, uh, and some of you are going to be listening to this uh, after the fact, but regardless, you get an hour of me, I'll try not to breathe too much, get as much info as possible, um, but we do have a pretty action-packed show, a lot going on this week. Of course, as always, we'll go through all of the week four matchups, all of the news and notes, uh, all of the injuries, there's another long list of those this week uh we've got a couple of teams on by this week and then uh i'll go through some picks for uh some values and different picks for your daily fantasy uh sports uh DraftKings, FanDuel, the whole nine uh lineups there and give you some ideal lineups some ones that i'm playing this week uh and of course we'll be picking games as well giving you advice for your season-long teams um, but if you want to have your voice heard, if you have questions, you need help with your lineup, you just want to talk football, whatever, there are plenty of ways to get a hold of us. You can always find us on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show. That's the number 4THN Inches Show. Uh, you can find the Sherpa at fantasy underscore Sherpa. I'm at JKIM16. You can always email us at the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. Uh, and you can always find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. And, of course, at FantasyFootballSherpa.com. So plenty of ways, however you're most comfortable on social media, to come find us. We're around. Uh, And Scott and I always love talking uh, lineups and answering all your questions and all that good stuff. But for tonight, you've got me. We're going to go through uh, some injuries and then jump right into the games. So we've got all kinds of good stuff coming for you. But uh, to start off, We've got two teams on a bye this week, the Patriots and uh, the Titans. So your fantasy teams are certainly going to be looking for some replacements, and your daily fantasy sports teams are going to need some powerhouses to put those points up for you at a good value. We're always about bargain shopping here. So I've got all that good stuff coming for you. Let's take a quick look at the injuries, because that, of course, is going to have a lot of bearing on these games, and so I want to give you some good predictions. But let's talk uh, first trades. A little weird on the timing. This isn't normally when we're talking about trades, but the Bears are getting crazy. They're not doing anything anyone expected them to do. Uh, they did trade defensive end Jared Allen to Carolina for a conditional 2016 sixth-round draft pick, and Chicago is paying $11.5 million of his salary. So Carolina coming out. A winner there, that's for sure. Uh, the the Bears also traded linebacker Jonathan Bostic to New Orleans or to New England for a sixth round draft pick. So they're going to be busy in the sixth round next year. Uh, in the meantime, there's talk that maybe Matt Forte's on the block. There's all kinds of of rumors and things going on there. So we'll certainly be talking more about the Bears and we'll be keeping an eye on them. Uh, maybe not tuning in so much to their game this week, but we'll get to that. Injury-wise, probably the biggest one of the week this week was Ben Roethlisberger. I was pretty sure when I saw that highlight that he blew his ACL out, and I know a lot of other people were. But somehow, some way, I guess being built like an offensive lineman has its perks. 
He managed to make it out of that crazy hit with just a sprained MCL and a bone bruise. He could be out, uh, they're thinking, probably six weeks. So that's what the the Steelers are planning on. In the meantime, that means we've got Michael Vick under center in Pittsburgh. Uh, so, we'll again, we'll get to that in just a few minutes. Carolina running back Jonathan Stewart did not practice today. Uh, he's been taking Wednesdays off a lot uh, the last couple of weeks, but this one looks a little more iffy. Uh, it's still it's a hamstring injury for him. He did get hit pretty good in the game last week. I would keep a closer eye on this than I have been in weeks past on him. Uh, just That's going to definitely change the look of that offense if he's not able to go. Remember, D'Angelo Williams isn't there. It's it's not a, that two-headed monster anymore. Um, out in New York, the Giants' tight end, Daniel Fells, we've talked about the last couple of weeks. He's not practicing again with an ankle injury. It looks like he is going to play this week, though. He did not last week. It looks like he's going to be back. So watch for the impact on Larry Donnell. I know some of you are going to be looking at guys like Donnell this week to fill the void um, from guys like uh, Gronk and, and Delaney Walker being on buys or the several other tight ends who are concussed, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but just keep an eye on that. Uh, Donnell probably still should still be your play out of the two, but Fells will cut into his targets a little bit. Uh, Drew Brees is likely going to be back this week just in time to face my Cowboys. Uh, he does have that bruised rotator cuff. He's been throwing at practice, and that was the the one thing they were saying. He's got to be able to throw before we put him out on the field, which, you know, probably a good thing for a quarterback. I can support that. But so it looks like he's going to be on the field. Luke McCown's going to have to go back to Verizon Wireless commercials. <laughs> it was fun while it lasted having the McCown brothers uh, both starting like we did last week. But Buffalo has uh, a few more injury problems than – uh, Drew Brees and the Saints do this week. It looks like Sammy Watkins is not going to play at wide receiver, and running back with Sean McCoy is pretty doubtful at this point. Um, I'd be shocked if Watkins played. McCoy, to me, is going to be more a game-time decision, but they're saying it's doubtful. It's, he's not practicing. His hamstring looks pretty bad. Um, even if he does play, regardless of whether or not he plays, I like Carlos Williams this week. His quote-unquote backup, uh, because even last week he was very limited. So just for what it's worth, we will talk more about that Buffalo offense, uh, which I think is very interesting this week, in just a few minutes. To Marco Murray, supposed to be running back extraordinaire in Philadelphia, uh, did not play last week with that hamstring injury. Uh, he's been practicing, he's been limited at practice, but it looks like he's Going to try to go this week against the Redskins. We'll keep an eye on that, but it looks pretty promising, at least right now. Arian Foster, on the other hand, down in Houston, is unlikely to play. It looks like he was maybe going to make it. He was going to make his debut this week after that groin surgery. Uh, but now, coaches are saying until he practices, he can fully get through practice, and he's not limited. They're not going to put him out on the field. So, since he's still limited to practice. It looks pretty unlikely for him this week. Uh, so pencil Alfred Blue back in your lineup. Deshaun Jackson in Washington with his hamstring injury is uncertain for this week versus the Eagles. I'd be surprised if he didn't play. Obviously, he was wide receiver number one for the Eagles for a couple of years, and this is more of a grudge match. It's a divisional match. If I'd be surprised if he didn't play, but keep an eye on it. 
Victor Cruz had a setback this morning on his calf injury. He was targeting this week for his return. Now it's pretty doubtful he's going to be on the field this week. Those are tricky. It seems kind of innocuous, but (laughs) obviously it's taken him a few weeks, uh, and we're not even sure if it's going to happen for him next week. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey in Chicago, he's obviously been dealing with his own injury the last couple of weeks. He was limited to practice today, but um, it's looking pretty good for him playing this week. It would take a pretty significant setback for him not to be on the field. Uh, So we'll see on that. But the Bears are still going to be without Jay Cutler under center. He did do some drills today at practice, which I guess was a little ahead of schedule of what people thought. But it's still going to be the Jimmy Clausen show. Uh, Sorry, Chicago. Anyway, uh, on to... The total flip side of the quarterback coin in Andrew Luck. He was kind of a surprise on the injury report today. They're calling it a right shoulder injury. I would not worry (laughs) really at all about this. Nobody even noticed him actually getting injured in the game last week. uh, People are still trying to pinpoint exactly when it happened. Um, But he was limited to practice. He was just handing the ball off, not throwing. That I think is more just to give him a little bit of rest than anything that's a cause for concern. Uh, but, I mean, Andrew Luck's going to have to throw the ball this week, and he can't win if he doesn't. So I really wouldn't worry about that. I mean, Tom Brady was on the injury report for, what, four straight years with a, a sore right shoulder, so this is kind of more in that vein. Marshawn Lynch, uh, looks like he's, they're saying, 50-50% chance of playing with the hamstring injury. He was incredibly limited last week. Uh, just five carries, pretty much not a factor in that game at all. And he's playing on Monday night, so there's not a lot of room for moving him around if it turns out he's not going to play, unless, of course, you're going for his backup. So that's fine. We'll get to that later. Bills quarterback Tyrod Taylor suffered a minor ankle injury in the game versus Miami. He's going to play this week. It just uh, It's going to limit him a little bit. He is They do call him T-Mobile for a reason. He's a mobile quarterback. This is going to keep him a little more contained, so I would say that's going to maybe add a little bit of value to those wide receivers, but not Sammy Watkins, who we talked about earlier. Uh, Andre Ellington for the Cardinals, likely to return this week. He'd been having knee problems. Look for Chris Johnson to still get uh, the lead, be the lead back in that tandem. He's going to get at least 10 to 20 carries, and they're going to kind of ride the hot hand here. Until Johnson kind of stops performing, I think Ellington, at least for now, is going to be splitting time with him. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, Baltimore wide receiver Kenny Britt missed practice with a shoulder injury. I'd keep an eye on that. Uh, Baltimore is definitely going to need to be throwing the ball this week if they want to beat the Steelers, so they're going to hope to have him back. Chargers tight end Ladarius Green is likely going to return from his concussion this week. It's been uh, two, three weeks since we've seen him, so keep an eye on that. I don't know if he's somebody you want to be throwing out there in a daily league this week, but uh, for down the line, just keep an eye on it. The Texans replaced kicker Randy Bullock with Nick Novak. Uh, Green Bay tight end Andrew Quarles is going to miss four to six weeks. He sprained his MCL. Look for Richard Rodgers' targets to increase marginally, although, quite frankly, he's pretty feast or famine. He's either in the end zone or he's not. He's not a Jason Witten type as tight end where he's going to get you 100 yards and, and be a PPR beast. That's just not really what Richard Rodgers is ever going to be for you. But if you're in a deeper league and you need somebody or you're looking for somebody super on the cheap and you're hoping this is his week he's going to hit, 
maybe worth a risk. I think there are several people I'd go to before that, but hey, to each their own. Uh, Jets wide receiver Eric Decker is questionable again this week. I, it doesn't it doesn't look good from what I'm hearing. They're going to London. It's going to be kind of a tough one, but keep an eye on it. And both Jets tight end Jeff Cumberland and Falcons tight end Jacob Tammy are both in the concussion protocol, so those are things to watch. I don't think either of those guys were tearing up your lineup to begin with, but in a bye week with injuries, maybe there was somebody you were thinking about picking up. Keep an eye on it. Don't get too crazy right away. So that is the bulk of it for injuries. Let's start taking a look at some of these games because some of these matchups this week are really interesting, and it's week four, which is where – To me, four weeks into the season, I finally start to feel like I have a feel for what a team is. I mean, week one's always a crapshoot. Two and three, you're still trying to figure it out. Uh, It's just some of these teams have been so hot and so cold. We've seen, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde out of some of these teams. Now you sort of get a feel for who's real, who's not. And, of course, then there's the injuries. As a Cowboys fan, (laughs) I'm dealing with a lot of things right now. But let's, let's take a look at... Uh, our Thursday night game this week, that is uh, what normally is a, a very anticipated game. This one's kind of anticipated for different reasons this week. But Baltimore at Pittsburgh, I just, the Ravens, <laughs> what are you guys doing? You're 0-3, and, and I think this is the week they're going to get off and they're finally going to get a win. I think they're going to walk out of Pittsburgh 1-3 and instead of 0-4, but quite frankly, this game could go either way. It's, I mean, you don't have Ben Roethlisberger. The Ravens are winless, and you throw Michael Vick into the equation, Le'Veon Bell's back. It's going to be an interesting game. Thursday night games normally make me nuts from a fantasy perspective. That's no secret to anybody who's listened to the show for any length of time. But this week, I think there's going to be uh, more scoring than in most Thursday night games, so I'm willing to kind of kind of take that with a grain of salt. The London game we'll talk about in a minute that I'm not I'm not really changing my stance on. But I'm going to go Baltimore 27, Pittsburgh 21 this week. Like I said, I wouldn't be shocked if it went the other way though. Ben Roethlisberger going to be on the sideline. Michael Vick's going to be under center going to be interesting. I mean, Michael Vick is not a spring chicken. I think that's not a secret to anybody. He's well-traveled, but he's still still that same quarterback. His instincts are still the same. He's going to try to run. He's going to try to do things. He's going to let a couple fly 60 yards down the field. You're just not 100% sure how much he's gelled with this offense. I mean, Le'Veon Bell just came back last week from suspension. There's a lot of moving parts. That offensive line in Pittsburgh is like Swiss cheese. There's a lot of holes. There's a lot of things going on there as well. Um, and the Pittsburgh defense, we've seen we've seen different looks from them. Some weeks they look like world beaters. Some weeks they could not give up more points than uh, – I, I mean, I just they don't know what to do with how many they're giving up. But the Ravens showed signs of life last week, at snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. I have a, a good friend who's a Ravens fan, and just he's a wreck right now. Things are not good in Ravens world. I think that's safe to say out of most Ravens fans. But I'm I'm hoping for you guys this is your week. It's just 
can this offense overpower the Steelers' defense? Can they do it at home, uh, well, on the road with the Steelers' D at home uh, on a shorter week? I think they can. It's just, it's going to be interesting, though. <laughs> Fantasy-wise, I would definitely be looking at both of these offenses. I'm not particularly interested in either defense this week, though. Michael Vick, on the other hand, I just don't know what I'm going to get out of him. I think Keith Miller is going to be a good play this week because that check down to the tight end is going to be his best friend. It's something we've seen him do throughout his career. It's nothing new for him, and Heath Miller is pretty reliable. So I would I would think his value is going to go up a little bit more this week than it has in weeks past, just for what that's worth. Then let's take a look at the Sunday morning games, as I like to call them. The Sherpa always uh, makes fun of me for that. Oh, and before we move on, I, I almost forgot. Let's give you the Sherpa's pick for this game. Um, and he also, uh, yeah, he's he's going against me. No real surprise there. He's going 27-24 in the Steelers' favor. Uh, and I, I think he would probably agree with me this is going to be a close one. Could probably go either way. But obviously he thinks it's going to go more towards Pittsburgh than I do. But, eh, we'll see who is right next week. <laughs> Let's take a look at the morning games. Uh, this one actually is truly a morning game in the U.S. We have our first London game of the season. Um, I like the idea in theory, but they make me crazy from a fantasy perspective because really you never these are never high-scoring, never particularly interesting games, at least for me. But uh, the Jets at Miami, but really they're in London, so not so much a home advantage for Miami here. I'm going Miami. I think they're probably going to eke this one out. It's going to be 17-14. The Jets' defense is no joke. I just expect a very low-scoring affair. Both the, This is going to be more a defensive matchup than anything. They're, the London games, just they throw your whole schedule off. They make me crazy. And you just, you just don't get the same fantasy production. It's a different thing. The players just aren't used to it. And so I'm not expecting this to be an offensive explosion. I don't think it would have been had it been played normally. I just think it would have been higher scoring. Not a does that, that doesn't really make sense. It made a lot more sense in my head. But it, the score would have been higher, just not a higher scoring game of the day. Eh, for what it's worth. But 17-14, Miami. Uh, Sherpa is going with uh, 24-21 Jets. He sees this a little higher scoring. What a surprise. We were disagreeing on both of these games so far, so we're over for 2. But Eric Decker is still uncertain. I doubt he's going to play this week. And quite frankly, Ryan Tannehill, I'm all about it. I love this offense. It's just not gelling yet. He's just not there yet. The pieces are all there. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm hoping another week or two this is going to turn into more of a Packers-style offense, a little higher scoring. But for this week, I would, if you can, go elsewhere for your fantasy points. Uh, Let's keep rolling to Oakland at Chicago, the first U.S. early game. Uh, Sherpa's going 31-24 in favor of the Raiders. I think that's generous for the Bears, and what we saw from them last week was, to put it nicely, a hot mess. Um, I'm (laughs) I'm going uh, going 31-14 Oakland. I just, I really like what this Oakland offense is doing. Granted, uh, we did see 
some some good things here and there, little sparks from the Chicago defense last week. I don't really know either which way you would call this an upset. I guess more so Chicago beating Oakland, but if you'd said that week one after week one of the season, I think you would have been laughed at. So it goes to show you how the first couple of weeks of the season are just, just so hard to predict. But this game for me I think is going to be very telling for both teams. Uh, Oakland's uh, coming. This is going to be their second road game in a row. Chicago is just so injured. Jimmy Clausen is very underwhelming, um, and I just I think Oakland's offense is going to overpower the defense, even with those those little bright spots last week. It's just not going to be enough this week. I mean, you look around at this Oakland team, and they're very young, and there's not a ton of experience there. But Derek Carr is really making this work, and they're you know they're not trying to get too ahead of themselves. I feel like they're kind of playing within their talent, which I can I can go with. Playing in Chicago is not the easiest thing in the world, but I think Oakland's got him this week. Jimmy Clausen just – it's just – Jay Cutler will be back next week. I think that's the best thing Bears fans can can go with right now. So my condolences, but if you're looking for fantasy uh, fantasy points here, Oakland is really primarily who you want to look at. Chicago, Martellus Bennett, probably my favorite of the bunch here. It's just I can't trust Jimmy Clausen to throw down field to get – Guys like Alshon Jeffrey the ball to get in the end zone. I just, ugh. Let's move on. That game makes me sad. Uh, let's look at Houston at Atlanta. Going to be another weird one. Uh, Sherpa's going Atlanta 34, Houston 31. I don't have it quite as high scoring. I actually have Atlanta 27, Houston 20. So we're both going with Atlanta this in this one. So that's, that's promising. Um, but... I just uh, – Houston, like, what is – Houston, we have a problem, for real. Uh, I feel like that's probably what Sherpa would say should, if you were here right now. <laughs> just, Arian Foster might play. He's going to be a game-time decision. But even with or without him, I don't think it's going to make a tremendous amount of difference. Matt Ryan's going to outplay Ryan Mallett, I mean, from start to finish. I just – this is not a fair matchup. The Houston defense, I know you want to tell me, oh, J.J. Watt, like it's going to be a difference maker. He is one guy. He is one man on that defense. Yes, he plays better than, you know, sometimes two two defenders on the team. But, quite frankly, with the Atlanta, what Atlanta's putting out there in their offense and their wide receivers and what's going on right now, uh, it's just it's just not fair. Like, the Houston defense, in two, in the last two weeks, just to wide receivers, has allowed 21 catches, 326 yards, and two touchdowns. Julio Jones is just going to feast on this. He's going to feast on the secondary. So I, <laughs> I'm all about Julio Jones this week. Matt Ryan's definitely not a bad play if you can afford to spend the money on him on your daily leagues. Absolutely, if he's on your fan, your season long fantasy fantasy team. God, I can't talk. Go ahead and start him <clears throat> because this is just – the Ryan Mallett experience you're going to be stuck with in Houston because they went to him so fast. Now you can't be like, oops, our bad. We're going to go back. It's just – things are not good in Houston right now. But maybe Arian Foster coming back will fix that. I doubt it, but maybe. Let's keep rolling. Uh, the Giants at the Bills. I am super excited for this game. 
I know that sounds crazy. Um, I'm, shocker, picking Buffalo to win 27-24. I think this is going to be a close game. I think that this is going to come down to that fourth quarter. Can the Giants finish a game? We saw them do it once. Cool. One for three. That's not going to get you in the Hall of Fame. Sorry, guys. The Rex Ryan defense, uh, granted, it's something they've seen before, but this Buffalo defense is going to pressure Eli Manning. They're going to force turnovers. Uh, T-Mobile, Tyrod Taylor may not be as mobile as, as he generally is. I'm looking at Percy Harvin to have a big day this week. I'm looking for Charles Clay to have a ton of action again. If you guys listened to us last week and you started him in your daily fantasy lineups, you definitely uh, – Made yourself some money last week. I think go ahead and safely start him again in any format this week. I like it a lot. Uh, Having Sammy Watkins out just increases the amount of targets that are going to go to guys like Percy Harvin and Charles Clay. And I I like what Buffalo is doing a lot right now. The Giants, I think, are not firing on all cylinders just yet. And going into Buffalo, going against that defense, I, I don't have the confidence that the Giants can finish this game, that they can play a complete game from start to finish. Prove me wrong, Giants fans. Prove me wrong. I know I, some days, unfortunately, I'm friends with a lot of you, but it's just I haven't seen from the Giants yet what I need to see from them. Buffalo, on the other hand, I'm interested. So I want to see how this game goes. Uh, our next game, not a lot of interest there. I think that's pretty safe to say across the board. Jacksonville at Indianapolis. Uh, Indy's got – they're still in the hot seat. They've got a lot to prove. Andrew Luck now a little dinged up. But Jacksonville getting the Patriots and Indian back-to-back weeks, that's pretty mean. Didn't need to be like that, schedulers. But I've got Indy 28, Jacksonville 17. I don't think it's going to be the blowout that the Patriots put down on them last week because, honestly, the Indy offense just – turns the ball over too much, and this Jacksonville defense will put a little pressure on him. I think that Jacksonville's going to have to throw the ball quite a bit, and it's going to be interesting to see how that goes, but Indy's going to overpower them. I don't think this is going to really be in doubt at any point throughout this game, but eh, you never know. Jacksonville could surprise us. I just doubt that's going to happen. Let's keep rolling. Kansas City at Cincinnati. I want this to be a better game than I think it's going to be. Quite frankly, Cincinnati just looks so good right now, and Kansas City looks so bad last week. I know, I know Aaron Rodgers is going to make most defenses look bad, but they're going to bounce back a little bit this week. It's not going to be the blowout that last week was for them. They aren't going to look as bad. It's just not going to be enough. Kansas City gives up so many points to wide receivers that it's just not even funny. Cincinnati is going to have a field day. Andy Dalton to A.J. Green is going to be replayed over and over and over. Um, but honestly, Kansas City has – their defense is not <clears> – <throat> well, I mean, after last week, it's hard to defend them. But quite frankly, uh, they do have a couple of good cornerbacks there. A.J. Green's going to be a strong play, but Marvin Jones, and even if you're feeling really wild, Mohamed Sanu, are not going to be bad bad ideas this week, especially in your daily leagues. They're going to be very inexpensive. It's going to be a nice balance to some of those higher-priced uh, higher guys that you want to plug in there. But even in your in your season long, if it's a guy you want to stream, you just do it for a week, see what happens. But uh, just any wide receiver in a Bengals uniform, like 
you could almost put a toddler in a Bengals jersey and throw him out on the field, and he's probably going to pick some points up for you. That's how bad this Kansas City defense is against wide receivers. I'm going Cincy 35, Kansas City 24. I'm giving the Chiefs a little respect. They're going to bounce back. Andy Reid doesn't like getting embarrassed like that. Um, and he he normally bounces back pretty well. We'll see what happens. But Cincy is going to win this pretty convincingly. Um, let's keep going to the divisional matchup we were talking about earlier, Philadelphia at Washington. This doesn't really feel like the grudge match that it it has in years past, and I think part of it is just there are so many new faces on both sides. Um, but it is still Deshaun Jackson going against his old team, and that is if he plays with that hamstring injury, which I really, truly think he's going to. But this now becomes what are the Eagles going to look like? I mean, they've looked pretty horrific. And then last week, they looked like a real football team again. Like, this is what it was kind of supposed to meant to look like. Let's see if they can uh, <laughs> if they can just keep rolling with that. I don't know. Um, I think they are going to pull this one out. I know a lot of people are split uh, across the board here. Um, but I'm going to say that they're going to pull it out and they're going to win 30-24. Uh, I think Washington is going to put up a little bit of a fight, but Kirk Cousins needs to stop turning the ball over so much. I mean, it's okay to throw to guys on your team versus the ones in the other the other jerseys. So, <laughs> I just, I'm concerned about the overall quarterback situation in Washington. I think that's something everybody's feeling, and we have been for a while. And the fun thing to, to throw into this is RG3 is now quarterback two this week, because Colt McCoy's got a foot injury, so he's been taking the second-team reps. So if something does happen, it's going to be RG3 coming into the game. Mull over that for a minute. Uh, also, can we just talk about for a second, why does Sam Bradford always just look like, like something crazy happened in front, like a UFO landed, or like he just saw some like a ghost or something all the time? Like He just always looks so amazed. Like it's the first time he's ever seen a football game laid out in front of him. That's very concerning. Uh, DeMarco Murray, probably going to play this week. Looks like he's going to, uh, I, I mean, for the price that he's going to cost you in most daily fantasy sports lineups, I don't know if it's worth it for me. I do particularly like Darren Sproles, who's always a vulture out there. He's going to be kind of your Danny Woodhead-esque play this week. So we'll see what happens there. (laughs) But it's going to be an interesting game to watch. It's going to be hard-hitting for sure. Let's keep rolling our last morning game, Carolina at Tampa Bay. I'm actually, for no other reason other than my gut, I'm taking Tampa Bay to win this game. 24-21, that's my upset of the week. Uh, Watch wide receiver Lewis Murphy is kind of a sleeper pick this week in fantasy. He and Jameis Winston are building a, a kind of a nice rapport so far. He's He's sort of becoming the downfield threat there. Uh, I don't know if it's going to last. I liked Lewis Murphy in a very similar role in Oakland in years past, but let's see what happens here. Just something to keep an eye on. Uh, Carolina brought in Jared Allen this week. Not sure if Jonathan Stewart's going to play or not. So I just, I don't know. Cam Newton's worrying maybe about some of the wrong things, but we're going to find out here. 
I just kind of a gut feeling. I know Tampa Bay looked terrible at home. There's really nothing to justify this other than I just think it'll happen. Uh, let's move on to our afternoon games. Cleveland at San Diego. I'm going 31-20 in favor of San Diego. I don't. I just mm, Cleveland. They have signs of life, and then it goes away. They just don't look good right now. I, uh, I Philip Rivers is just. I think he's gonna have a big week this week. The Cleveland defense isn't gonna do much in the way of slowing him down. I unfortunately don't think the Cleveland offense is gonna do much to counteract that. Uh, so, going on the road out west, I think it's it's possible we get a Johnny Manziel sighting this week. If they continue to look as bad as they do right now, I think you have to start looking back at Manziel. It wasn't always pretty when he's in there, but, I mean, it worked a little better. I don't know. I don't know. Just a thought. Green Bay at San Francisco. This will be interesting uh, for a number of reasons. Obviously, Green Bay looks like world beaters. Aaron Rodgers is so dialed in, it's not even funny. But there's something about San Francisco that always gives them fits. There's, I just, I don't know. It's maybe it's a mental thing, but the San Francisco defense certainly going to be a better look than the Kansas City one. Um, Colin Kaepernick's just inconsistent, and the run game isn't 100%. Carlos Hyde is not 100%. Uh, Reggie Bush is still coming back from injury. A short week for Green Bay. I think that might slow their offense down a little bit, being on the road in San Francisco, going against a, a defense better match to them. I think that Aaron Rodgers still wins this game. I think it's more like 28-24. I'm picking a closer game than a lot of other people are. Um, but that's just San Francisco does something to them. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but definitely one I'll be watching. This next game... I think we'll see a lot of highlights from. Maybe not the cleanest football game ever, though. The Rams at the Cardinals. I'm sorry, Nick Foles. I just don't think this is going to be your week. Arizona finally has all of the pieces working all together at once. They have a run game. Carson Palmer's healthy. They have a really strong offensive line that I don't think is getting talked about enough. And it's just overall... In pretty much every facet, they are better as a team. So, I, Carson Palmer is just gonna—he's gonna put up more points this week. I—I <laughs> I think that's pretty safe. Now, some of you are gonna argue the Rams' defensive line is the best in the league. I give you that, but going against this Cardinals' offensive line, they're gonna be neutral, neutralized a little bit, and there's just so many ways that the Cardinals' offense can beat you right now. I mean, look at Larry Fitzgerald two weeks ago. He was he was not owned by anybody. <laughs> I mean, and now he's on everybody's radar. He's kind of having a resurgence. You've got uh, Carlos Hyde's kind of, I mean, just overall, they look better. Andre Ellington's coming back this week. Chris Johnson looks healthy. He looks like a, a, a he looks like CJ uh, 2K again. Not, <laughs> not like he did for a little while. Uh, and it's just, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know about it. <laughs> it's just going to be a tough day for St. Louis. But uh, let's, Minnesota at Denver. This one gives me fits a little bit because I could see it going a couple of different ways. But I think really the difference here is the Broncos' defense. Peyton Manning's had a swagger back. This Bronco defense is very good. And while Minnesota has, 
some good things going for them. Adrian Peterson looks very good. He's obviously well rested. Uh, I just, I think he'll have a decent day fantasy wise. I'm concerned about Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> this Bronco defense might eat him alive. So I'm taking Denver 32, Minnesota 21. Uh, it could be a little closer than that. I just think after last week, I think the Broncos are going to start building on this. They're at home. I think they're kind of more good things are in their future. They're going to look a little better. Ah, and now let's go to our Sunday night game. I think you guys know I might have some feelings about this. Dallas at New Orleans. <sighs> I've gone back and forth on this game several times. Uh, I'm going to pick Dallas, but quite frankly, I'm going to be probably more surprised if the Cowboys win this game than if they lose this game. And But with, with you know, what I'm looking at on paper, what I've seen, I'm going to reasonably pick Dallas 32, New Orleans 28. This is going to be a close game. I, I have some reservations on both sides, I think is safe to say. So you're probably going to get a less than 100% Drew Brees. I don't know how big of an issue that is for me, other than it's going to be hard for him to get the ball downfield. My my big thing here is the New Orleans secondary. Uh, can they shut down Brandon Whedon? And that sounds like a joke, but realistically – can they do what the Falcons did in the second half last week? Can you take away that downfield threat? Can you cover those receivers? Can you take away the sidelines and make him live in that check down five-yard read to Jason Witten or Lance Dunbar all day? If he starts targeting wide receivers uh, instead of taking that underneath route every time, Brandon Whedon can win this game. Uh, it's just I don't I don't know. I don't know if I have enough confidence in that New Orleans secondary because we've seen them get torched to stop a Cowboys offense that's running the way it's supposed to. I don't know if I feel strong enough that Brandon Whedon can actually make those throws on point and not get himself picked off. That's what scares me. Um, but New Orleans, I think you're going to see a lot of Mark Ingram. I think Drew Brees is going to – you're going to see – this is the kind of game that he misses Jimmy Graham so desperately in. Unfortunately, he's not there. So they're going to have to make some adjustments. I don't know if you're going to see that big home run, you know, 40 or 50-yard ball from Drew Brees that we're kind of used to seeing that gunslinger late in the game. I don't know if we're going to see that because of the shoulder, but he could surprise us. I just, I'm very concerned about this Brandon Whedon run offense. It's kind of basic. <laughs> so this will be an interesting game in primetime. Uh, we're all going to find out a lot about both of these teams. Again, like I said, week four, this is this is kind of sink or swim time. So we'll see what happens there. I would love to see Cowboys actually get a win here, but it could go either way. Now, a guy who's going to be a difference maker in that game, probably Dan Bailey, the Cowboys kicker. That's a guy I probably want on my teams this week. Let's roll into Monday night, uh, the 15th game, since obviously we have two teams on buys this week. Detroit at Seattle. I don't know how long this game's going to stay competitive. I've got Seattle winning 28-17. Uh, 
I just Matt Stafford is already so banged up, and then that Seattle defense is going to come at him. They're in Seattle. You've got the 12th man there. To me, whether or not Marshawn Lynch plays in this game is almost irrelevant. Yeah, obviously it'd be nice. He's He is a beast. Um, but we've seen their run game can function just fine without him. And I think that at this point Detroit's just by the second half, I don't know if this game is going to be worth watching anymore because Matt Stafford's going to be so banged up. Uh, any points that Detroit scores is going to need to be early. They have to score early and often because I don't know how long how long Matt Stafford's going to stay upright. Um, Jimmy Graham could be an interesting pick of this week. I think that because Marshawn Lynch is kind of 50-50 and you're not entirely sure what you're going to get out of that run game, I still feel pretty good about it. But I think that Russell Wilson's going to have to be a little less of a facilitator and a little more of a quarterback this week. And I'd like to see Jimmy Graham come more into play. Uh, I know it's something that offense is focusing on. Let's see if we can make it a reality. I don't know. You know, for your lineups this week, I would say he's more of a flex option for me, unless, of course, you're trying to replace a tight end on a bye week, whatever. Jimmy Graham isn't out there for you to pick up on your waiver wire. If he is, I don't know what's happening in your league, but I would like to be a part of it and just vulture all of that stuff. It's just, it's, I don't think this is going to be competitive. I think you're going to get some fantasy value out of Seattle. I don't, I don't have a lot of hope for Detroit, unfortunately. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's Monday night. We're all going to watch it anyway. Let's be, let's be real here. Now let's talk about our daily fantasy sports lineups. Our fan duels, our draft kings, these are, are your, instant gratification wins, if you will. Uh, A lot of good value picks this week. Like we mentioned, no New England, no Tennessee this week. So you're down, you know, you're down Marcus Mariota, you're down Tom Brady, you're down Delaney Walker, Rob Gronkowski. You've got a bunch of wide receivers you're down. And, of course, even these defenses aren't terrible plays depending who you're playing. So there are a lot of holes in your lineup. There's a lot of guys that – you're maybe instinctively going to or trying to plan a lineup around. I know Gronk is on a lot of your your daily lineups. But this week you got to get a little more creative. This is where the fun starts. So value-wise, you pick and choose your battles. You're going to go for those those top-dollar guys, but how do you make it work around them? Uh, and it's, it's interesting, last week Charles Clay – it was owned in like 0.7% of lineups, but he had he had a very nice day. If you had him on your lineup, it was a good day. It's, you know, sometimes you want to stack guys, sometimes you don't. It's all in your strategy. You can go either way with it. And like I said, at the end of the show, I'll give you my lineups uh, that I'm entering, uh, entering into the contest this week. But let's focus on just quarterbacks for now. Also, we have the fun variable of so many injuries, lots of backups playing. But for the best bang for your buck, this week uh, you can start even as high as Andy Dalton. His price, sure, it's it's up there. But for the value you're getting for him, his for whatever reason, his price hasn't, and Carson Palmer's the same way, hasn't risen as much as his value has just yet. It hasn't caught up with him. 
So take advantage in these early weeks before they continue moving that price up every week. Take advantage now. He's going to have another huge week this week. Get in now. Uh, Derek Carr, also a really good play this week. We talked about it earlier in that Oakland game. It's just I think there's a lot of offensive points to be had, and yet we'll talk about that run game again in just a minute when we get to running backs, but Derek Carr's a great play. Tyrod Taylor, even though he's he's got the ankle injury, he's still going to have to throw the ball. Buffalo's got a chance to win this game, but he's going to have to be the linchpin for that. Russell Wilson, I think, is an interesting pick this week. And if you want to get really crazy, maybe Michael Vick. I don't I, – I'm not, like, endorsing you build whole lineups around this and go really ham about it. But if you're looking to save a little bit of money and you want to take a risk, kind of, you know uh, – see what happens. I think that he's going to have to make some, I mean, I know he's going to have to make some plays. This this isn't going to be a Steelers team that's going to look like five years ago where all they do is run the ball. He's going to have to throw the ball. He's going to have to make plays happen. And it, I, it's more of a, I guess, a sleeper pick. It's more of a risk pick than anything else there. But, hey, it's out there. It's an idea. Uh, running back-wise, this, I think, is very interesting this week. Even without, I, I mean, granted, you had Bishop Sankey, you have Deion Lewis, you have some guys on buys, and you have some injuries, but you have, you know, a guy like Andre Ellington coming back. It's still maybe not a lock to play. I just, <laughs> I think this is, especially if you're playing on DraftKings where you have the flex option, this is where you can really, really do some things with your lineup that are going to make a difference. Carlos Williams. I talked about him before when we talked about the Buffalo game. I don't care if if Shady plays or not. I really don't. In fact, if he plays, it might make your life that much easier to win that million dollars if you're still playing Carlos Williams. Because, quite frankly, even even if McCoy plays and he's not 100%, Williams is going to see time. If he doesn't play, you know he's going to see time. But... This matchup and the way, especially, I mean, Tyrod Taylor can't run around as much as he wants to. They still want to run the ball. Carlos Williams is your guy. This offense is very interesting to me this week, and you're going to see at just about every position, I'm going to recommend a Bills player to you. And it's partially because of the value, but partially because just I think there's a lot of potential. There's a big ceiling there this week for them. Uh, Let's look at Arizona. Like I said, this is an offense that's really firing on all cylinders. Carson Palmer's going to throw the ball, but part of why he's able to do that and we can put him on our teams is because this run game on the flip side works so well. They complement each other, and Chris Johnson is a big part of that for the last two weeks. He's still going to be your lead back. He's still going to get those touches. He's still going to get the points. And and even if he's splitting time, he's on a team that's going to have end zone opportunities so for me, especially if I have a flex option, I can throw them in there. I don't hate it. And in my season long, in my season long, I'm absolutely going to start him this week. I'll take that flyer, see what happens. Andre Ellington's still got a sprained knee ligament. I don't know how 100% he is. After this week, I'll have a better idea, but I like the matchup. In Dallas, Joseph Randall and Lance Dunbar. You could make a case for both. It looks like Randall's more your, your lead back, but Lance Dunbar coming out of that backfield – if you're getting points in a PPR, he's catching those balls. I mean, Brandon Whedon really was only throwing the ball to Lance Dunbar and Jason Witten. Wide receivers had three targets last week. Uh, 
for right now, that works for him for a half. I expect that to at least still be a part of this offense. So if you're looking for a guy who's a little less expensive, not a bad idea. Frank Gore in Indianapolis. This is a guy I really like, especially at the price this week. Uh, Andrew Luck, we know he's got that bad shoulder. Frank Gore is going to catch balls, but he's also going to run. And they're in Jacksonville. Anybody can throw on Jacksonville, but at some point you're going to run the ball. You've got to eat that clock up. And Frank Gore is going to get some – he's going to get some looks this week that he's not always going to get. And this is a week I want to take advantage of it. Uh, Danny Woodhead, he and Lance Dunbar, to me, almost the same guy this week. Uh, I think I mentioned that earlier as well. It's just – a great flex option, always, always a great flex option. But they're going to catch the ball out of the backfield. That's where the majority of their, their value is going to come from for you. Darren Sproles, kind of the same thing. Uh, even with DeMarco Murray playing, he's not 100%. This offense is still trying to figure out its identity, and Darren Sproles is a great vulture. We saw that forever, making everybody crazy in New Orleans. Yeah, he was he was never the featured back there, and it happened in San Diego. He always was there in that important play. He had that. He was catching passes. He had that goal line just all the time. He's going he's gonna to vulture touchdowns. It's just going to happen. And if Philly looks anything like they did last week, he's going to have some opportunities. And then in Oakland, Latavius Murray. After week one, if you told me I was recommending Raiders players all over the place and predicting them to win games, I would have thought you were crazy. But here we are. Latavius Murray had a great week last week. Uh, the matchup's good for him again this week. Again, you got to have a good run, day, run, good run game. I really cannot talk tonight <laughs> to keep your pass game honest and vice versa. I think that with Derek Carr's emergence, with Amari Cooper and, and that kind of thing happening, it just helps Murray's carries even more. So I like him this week, uh, and the price is pretty right for the value. Let's look at tight ends. Now, we talked a little bit about Jason Wynn. Um, I like his value a lot more on DraftKings than I do on FanDuel. On FanDuel, he's going to cost you, I think he is the the most expensive tight end. Rightfully so. I mean, if Brandon Wynn is going to play anything like he did last week, Jason Wynn's going to get a lot of looks. But uh, DraftKings, he's, only, he's the number eight most expensive tight end. So, his value is going to help you a lot more in DraftKings than it is on FanDuel. I'd play him in either league, but it just really depends on how your money is going to break down and where you're spending money on your positions. But Jason Witten is going to get a ton of looks this week. That is for sure. Heath Miller, I think, is a very interesting option. Price-wise, also a very good option. But I know the Thursday night games tend to make me crazy from a fantasy perspective, but this is just not going to be that defensive matchup. And Michael Vick, it's almost like playing a rookie quarterback, like you want to have that security blanket. You want to have that that tight end there with that, you know, that middle of the field route, that check down route, you know, right on the sideline, those short passes. Uh, that's how you get your kind of your sea legs under you. I think we're going to see a little bit more action for Heath Miller this week. Take advantage now while you can. Jimmy Graham's kind of a maybe for me. I could go either way on this. Um the price is still maybe a little higher than I want to pay, but it's coming closer to what I think he's he's going to be valued at. Um, again, though, this it's it's a Monday night game, so you're you're going to kind of ride or die with it. You're not going to be able to change that last minute um, 
I just I think he has to be more of a factor for Seattle. I think this is a better opportunity for him this week, and I'm going to try to try to hope the ceiling uh, is it, they come close to hitting the ceiling that he's got here. And then Martellus Bennett in Chicago. That Chicago offense is a mess. Jimmy Clausen is a mess, but Martellus Bennett is going to be his lifeline. He is the guy there. He's he got looks last week. They weren't always pretty, but they were there. And I want to try to piggyback on that. You know, Jimmy Clausen's got another week under his belt. Maybe things get better. I don't really know how they could get much worse. So hopefully they do get better. And Martellus Bennett, the price is right there. I think, uh, you know, maybe it helps he's not playing against his brother this week. I don't know. We're going to find out. <laughs> Let's look at wide receiver. I know I got crazy. I did tight ends first. But you know how I'm, I'm always partial to the tight end when it comes to fantasy for whatever reason. But, uh what a surprise. Let's talk about a Buffalo Bill wide receiver, and it's not Sammy Watkins. Percy Harvin. I just – he's going to – he's their number two wide receiver. He's going to be the guy getting the looks. I know you can make cases for other guys, but Percy Harvin, I think, is going to have a big week this week. Laugh all you want. I know it sounds crazy. That guy's made of glass. One bad hit, and he's going to fall into a million pieces. But as long as he stays healthy and on the field, I'm going to go with it. Uh, they're going to have to throw the ball. I mean, I especially if if LaShawn McCoy's not in, if Carlos Williams doesn't pan out, whatever, you just you have to throw the ball regardless. And he's gonna get the majority of those wide receiver looks. Julio Jones, I know very expensive, but oh so worth it. If he if he's gonna be the guy you build your lineup around, he's just going to feast on that Houston offense or I'm sorry, that Houston defense. I just they give up points to wide receivers. They just really, really do. And much like I was talking about earlier with Kansas City, go hard on your Cincinnati wide receivers this week. Not just A.J. Green. Yes, expensive. Also worth it. But uh, Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu. Marvin Jones is wide receiver two there. He is the more logical next pick. But Mohamed Sanu, if you're feeling crazy, if you need a flex option, if you got to pick somebody up in your, your season-long league, it's not the worst play ever. I mean, right now I might feel more comfortable with Mohamed Sanu than I do with Cole Beasley of the Cowboys. It helps that at least he gets targets. But Mohamed Sanu is, is more of a deeper league or, you know, you're you're filling in a hole in a lineup. you, you got just a few thousand dollars to spend. His price is very, very right if you're looking to take a little bit of a risk there because uh, you're feeling pretty strong about the rest of your team. Uh, kickers, obviously this is only going to apply to you in FanDuel. Justin Tucker, Brandon McManus, uh, Justin Tucker obviously with the Ravens. Joe Flacco and that offense are struggling. they gotta get, they got to get points however they can. They're in Pittsburgh. They're not going to be able to finish all those drives. I like Justin Tucker's chances this week. Uh, Brandon McManus with Denver, same deal. I mean, they're going to have to put some points up. Uh, Minnesota is going to try to slow them down. Blair Walsh in Minnesota. Obviously, I don't think all those drives are getting finished. He's got some field goal chances. Greg Zerline in St. Louis. I just, I have some doubts about what their their pass game is going to be able to do. And then Dan Bailey in Dallas. I mentioned earlier. Yeah, he's going to cost you a little bit more at five grand, uh, but I think you're gonna. It's going to be worth the investment this week. Um, we saw we saw what the Cowboys' offense looked like. We've seen 
what New Orleans' defense is capable of looking like. And uh, I just I think it's probably going to be worth it for you this week. Defensive-wise, uh, the Jets and Miami, I'd recommend starting either one of them because, like I said, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Obviously, Sherpa in a little bit different of a boat, but the Jets' defense is a good play regardless. Miami's defense a little underrated, unless, of course, you listen to me ramble on about them every week. Um, so I think they're they're both going to be strong plays. Neither of those offenses are going to light the world on fire in London. Seattle, no-brainer there. Always a good play. They are expensive <laughs> for a defense. They're going to cost you the most out of anybody. San Diego and Denver, um, not always guys I'm recommending, but this week I think are going to be pretty solid plays. Denver, I'm a little more on the fence about, but I could be persuaded. Stay Absolutely stay away from Cleveland and St. Louis for defenses this week. Normally guys that are, are I mean, St. Louis is normally a better play. Cleveland, more of a border play. Um, but just leave them alone in your daily fantasy leagues and your season-long leagues this week. Um, but from there, I, I think you've got some pretty good options, especially value-wise. We are winding down here, so we are at the point in the show where i got to give you my lineups. Um, and let's start with, we'll go FanDuel first this week. Get wild. Um, so, hypothetically for me, this is one of the ones I'm playing this week. I always like to play a couple, but here's my main one. Carson Palmer, what a surprise there. Three weeks in a row, I've been telling you about him. Uh, a little pricey, but I'm gonna. it's worth it for me against that St. Louis defense. I'm not that worried about it. Carlos Williams and Frank Gore, both at running back. Again, both guys, I think, have are poised for strong weeks. Um, Percy Harvin, really going hard on the Bills' offense this week. Uh, Julio Jones and A.J. Green. I spent more money on wide receivers this week, but I just the matchups are just too juicy to resist. Tight end Charles Clay, the value there. Um, and then at kicker, I've got Justin Tucker, and I've got the Chargers' defense. Pretty reasonable at forty four hundred bucks this week, uh, almost a thousand less than the Seahawks. And then if you're looking at DraftKings, uh, tweak this one a little bit differently, went a little bit different of a direction there, but still going pretty heavy on wide receivers this week. But I'm going Andy Dalton as my quarterback here. Um, he's a pretty good value at fifty nine hundred. Uh, Latavius Murray, Carlos Williams at running back. Uh, I like to mix it up, try it a little bit different from one to the other. Pricing obviously changes, but uh, wide receivers, I want A.J. Green and Julio Jones and Amari Cooper, so pretty strong there. Charles Clay, again, at tight end. I went with Jason Witten with my flex because, quite frankly, like it's just, it's just not fair how many looks he's going to get. And I went with the Cardinals defense. That one I skimmed a little bit on, but I just – even even against the Rams, I just think that's a good play this week. So I'm feeling pretty good about both of those. Be sure to email us, tweet us, let us know what your lineups are looking like this week. Um, and, of course, if you have any questions, hit myself in the Sherpa up. You can find us all week long uh, at FantasyFootballSherpa.com, at the Fantasy Football Sherpa Facebook page. We'll be back here next week from 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time with all your Week 5 news, notes, analysis. The Sherp will be back with us. It's going to be great. Um, and then, of course, you can find us on Twitter at the number 4THNInchesShow at JKIM16 and Fantasy underscore Sherpa. Or you can always email us at the number 4THNInchesShow at gmail.com. Good luck to everybody this week in your fantasy leagues, unless, of course, you're playing me. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening.